Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of this podcast called The Dictionary. Yes, we are at the top of page 110. 110. It is amazingly the, the page that's before 111. First word is be stung. B-E-E hyphen S-T-U-N-G. It is, it is an, an, it is an adjective from 1822. Having a red puffy appearance as if from being stung by a bee, as in bee stung lips. Uh, those, my personal opinion is those can look kind of weird. You, you, you Google bee stung lips and you're bound to find some funky pictures. Next is beeswax. Noun from 1655, and we have the number one definition for the word wax. Next is beet. Noun from before the 12th century. A biennial garden plant of the goosefoot family that includes several cultivars and that has thick edible leaves with long petioles and often swollen purplish red roots. Also, its root used especially as a vegetable as a source of sugar and for forage. The scientific name for this biennial garden plant is Beta vulgaris. And in parentheses, it says after, let's see, includes several cultivars as Swiss chard and sugar beet. So those are a couple examples. Uh, beets are pretty healthy for you. Uh, you know, you maybe don't want to eat them every single day like uh dwight from the office but uh they are good for you on occasion and it might turn your pee kind of red uh so don't don't freak out don't don't be scared uh it is a very common occurrence if you have some beets anyway we're gonna move on to beet army worm army worm is one word and then beet is its own word noun from 1894 an army worm that typically eats the foliage of beets, alfalfa, and vegetables. And the scientific name is Spadoptera, or it's probably pronounced Spadoptera exigua. I love scientific names. I have no idea what they mean, though. Next is beetle, B-E-E-T-L-E. It is the first form, noun from before the 12th century. Um, I'm looking, did I miss some etymology? No, I think we're good. Number one, any of an order of insects having four wings of which the outer pair are modified into stiff elytra that protect the inner pair when at rest. Number two, any of various insects resembling a beetle. That word elytra, I've never never seen that before. E-L-Y-T-R-A. I hope I pronounced it correctly. This is from Middle English, betil, B-E-T-Y-L-L-E, from the Old English, betula, akin to bitan, which means to bite. So, beetles bite. Uh, They don't necessarily all bite, though, but that's where the word came from, it looks like. Now we have the second form of beetle. It is a verb, uh, specifically an intransitive verb, from circa 1919, to scurry like a beetle, as in... Editors beetled around the office. And now we have the third form of beetle. It is an adjective from the 14th century. Being prominent and overhanging. As in, oh, I think I skipped a couple of lines. Let's try that one again. The third form of beetle is a noun from before the 12th century. One, 
a heavy wooden hammering or ramming instrument. Number two, a wooden pestle or bat for domestic tasks. Uh, this is from Middle English, betel, from Old English, bietel, akin to the Old English, biatan, which means to beat. Now we have the fourth form of beetle. This was the one that I started to read accidentally. It is an adjective from the 14th century, being prominent and overhanging, as in beetle brows. Whoa, so if you've got like really, oh, so Eugene Levy, would his eyebrows be considered beetle brows? Because they look like beetles? I don't know, they don't at all. Uh, this is from Middle English, bittle browed, which means having overhanging brows, uh, probably from bitile or bittel, which means beetle. And now we have the fifth form of beetle. It is an intransitive verb. Man, I screwed that whole thing up. I went, I bounced around all these different forms of beetles. All right, this is an intransitive verb from 1602. The synonyms are project, or is it project? No, I think it's project, and jut, J-U-T, as in to scale the beetling crags. And that is a quote from R.L. Stevenson. All right, enough. Oh, I wanted to say about the word beetle, uh, the, the band, the beetles, you may have noticed, they don't spell it like the insect beetle. They actually spell it B-E-A-T-L-E. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, the story is that John Lennon saw in a dream that their band name would be the Beatles with an A. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Um, I could be messing it up. But anyway, that's the, uh, that's the story. All right, now we have beat leafhopper. Two words, leafhopper is one word. It is a noun from 1906. A leafhopper that transmits, transmits, yep, transmits curly top virus to sugar beets and other garden plants. And the scientific name for this leafhopper is Circulifer tenellis. Next is bee tree, two words, noun from 1773. A hollow tree in which honeybees nest. Next is beetroot, one word, noun from 1579. It is chiefly British, and it means a beet grown for its edible, usually red root. Also, the root. So the root is just called beetroot. Next is beeves, B-E-E-V-E-S, and this is just the plural of the word beef which we read a couple of episodes ago. Now is beeyard, one word, noun from uh, the 15th century. And we just have the synonym apiary. An apiary is a beeyard. Next is the abbreviation bef, B-E-F, or beef. Um, and it's just an abbreviation for the word before. Now we have B-E-F again, but this one is all caps. It is an abbreviation for British expeditionary force expeditionary force yeah next is befall it is a verb from the 13th century first is intransitive to happen especially as if by fate and then the transitive definition says to happen to as in the fate that befell them that would be the past tense form befell now we have befit it is a verb from the 15th century only, uh, we just have one transitive definition. To be proper or becoming to, as in clothing that befits the occasion. 
I like to wear clothes that do not befit the occasion. No, that's not true. I'm a little bit too embarrassed to do that. But in my mind, I want to do things like that. I want to wear a tux to a fast food restaurant if I were to actually go to fast food restaurants. But I feel I would be embarrassed. Okay, next is befitting. It is an adjective from circa 1612. Number one, we just have these synonyms suitable and appropriate. Number two, synonyms are proper and decent. Befittingly is an adverb. Next is befog. It is a verb from 1601. We have two transitive definitions. The first one just has the synonym confuse. And then the second one has the synonyms fog and obscure. Next is befool. It's the word fool with B-E at the front. It is a transitive verb from the 14th century. One, to make a fool of. And then number two, we have the number one definition for the word delude. I often befool myself. All right, now we have the last word of this episode. We are going to, going to do two forms. The word is before, B-E-F-O-R-E. And then the third form will be in the next episode. So, first form, it is an adverb or an adjective from before the 12th century. Number one, in advance. And then a synonym is ahead, as in marching on before. Marching on before. And then number two, at an earlier time, as in the night before. Also as in knew her before. And let's see, the etymology isn't terribly interesting. So we're going to move on to the second form of before. It is a preposition from before the 12th century. 1A1, uh, forward of or in front of, as in stood before the fire. 1A2, in the presence of, as in speaking before the conference. 1B, under the jurisdiction or consideration of, as in, the case before the court. 1C1, at the disposal of, as in, the great sums placed before him. 1C2, in store for, as in, got the whole summer before you. Oh, isn't that great when you're a kid? When you're an adult and you have a job, you don't get a summer, usually, unless you're a teacher or something. Number two, preceding in time, earlier than, as in, just before noon. Well, that would be 159. No, 1159. I'm so stupid. Number three, in a higher or more important position then, as in, put quantity before quality. Hmm, I think I would prefer to do it the other way around, and I hope you all do too. What is the word of the episode? I think we are going to pick the word that is the one called beat army worm. Just because I think that's kind of a funny phrase, a funny mixture of words together. All right, that is it for this episode. I appreciate you joining me during this quarantine. I hope that you are all doing well and you are staying clean and washing hands. And at this point, wearing masks. If you go outside or go to a store especially, you really should be wearing a mask and it should be prepared correctly and there should be no space between the mask and your skin. And, you know, it's... Life is weird right now. All right, I'm going to end this episode. This has been Spencer dispensing information into your brain. Thank you and goodbye.